Our first reading this morning is from the 26th chapter of Psalms, verses 1 through 12. Listen to God's word. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in faithfulness to you. I do not sit with the worthless, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the company of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, singing aloud a song of thanksgiving and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the house in which you dwell and the place where your glory abides. Do not sweep me away with sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty, those in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground in the great congregation. I will bless the Lord. And our second reading is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Listen again to God's word. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thusly, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this tax collector went home justified and not the Pharisee. For all who exalt themselves will be humble, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll give you some, a lot of your visitors, so I don't mind doing this right now, but some of you are going to have to listen to the story again. How I became Presbyterian. And I'll tell you something, it was not just the theology, a lot of it had to do with the particular church. I was in between being Roman Catholic and nothing, and had stopped going to church for about 12 years. I was sick of organized religion. Every, the stuff that I heard just didn't make any sense to me. It didn't often fit with a loving God who has given us grace that God purchased with his own son's life. So I gave it all up. My mom and dad started going to St. Paul Presbyterian in San Angelo, Texas. And my mom said one day, why don't you come to church with us? And I said, I, you know, come on, mom. I've, I've been Baptist, I've been Catholic. What else is there? <laughs> 
And she said, I really think you'll like this church. We do so much in the community. We provide food boxes. We go and visit the sick. We volunteer all over. She's basically describing what a Christian church is supposed, I always thought, was supposed to be. My mom said, everyone is welcome. We don't care. You come on. Over a third of our congregations, not even Caucasian. We've got people from Mexico. We've got people from Iran. We've got people from Laos and Cambodia. We have everybody. So come on, just come one time and see. I said, well, you know, I don't have any money to give right now. I'm not really between jobs, but I'm working a job where I don't get paid much. Mom said, we work on a faith budget. At the end of every year, we have to be broke. Broke. <laughs> Later, I served on the session, and the thing we had to do at the end of every year was hurry to make sure we had spent everything, because we had to be broke. God didn't want us to save anything for a rainy day when it's raining on people out there. We'll be okay. God's going to provide. In God we trust, then we better live up to that. So, I, you know, I'm not real sure. But I had been working with all kinds of foundations, Healthy Families, Child Advocate Center, Habitat for Humanity. I did a lot of that kind of stuff. And I burned out on my original job, which was being a psychologist. And I started going to see the minister at our church because mom said, you know, go see the minister. I know something's bothering you. Go see him. And I said, I can't afford anything right now. And mom said, he doesn't charge. He's paid by the church. He doesn't charge anybody anything. So I figured, well, I can afford that. So I called him up. I went to see him. And out of... I hadn't really asked myself why I didn't go to church at that point. And I went and sat down with him, and I was expecting, you know, you really should come to church. Come to church. Going to church is the answer, blah, blah. He never mentioned it. All he did was ask me what was going on in my life. Didn't ask me if I believed in Jesus. Didn't give me Bible verses to read. He sat down and listened to my story to find out who I was. And to make a long story short, I saw him every Wednesday morning for 14 years. And every minute of it was worth spending the time. But after two years of talking with Craig, I decided to go to church. And he never brought it up, never asked me, nothing. So I decided I'm going to go to this church and see. I'm going to find out if they can take me. <laughs> and some of you know exactly what I mean. But I thought, I'm going as myself. I'm not going to. I'm, how many times has this congregation seen me in a coat and tie? I remember two different Christmases I think I wore a suit. Otherwise, you get this or a robe or, and usually under my robe, I'm not dressed quite this nice. 
because the robe covers everything up. I thought, they can take me or leave me. They'll just have to take me as I am. So I went in some torn up Levi's and an old uh, T-shirt from, I don't know, I think it was a Grateful Dead concert or something. And some old tennis shoes. And I thought, I'm going to find out if they can take it. And nobody mentioned it. People came in the church and sat next to me. And no one didn't, no one scoped me out when we were passing the peace, like, peace be with you. Ooh. And I left that Sunday both uplifted and totally confused. I had never been in a church where everybody wasn't comparing clothes. That was the first time. Churches, I hate to tell you this because you probably don't know it, churches are full of hypocrites. <laughs> Sorry, it's the truth. Just like this righteous guy, this Pharisee, who was so pious. Sometimes I thought, at the very least, if I go to church like this, I'll give somebody someone to look down on. I can, that will be my ministry. You can look down on me. Which brings me to Psalm 26. Have you ever really read that psalm before? How did that get into scripture? What is, what's this guy's problem? The writer is loaded with self-righteousness and sanctimony. I do no wrong. I walk in my own integrity. I was trying not to sound sarcastic while I was reading it. But I got to wonder, if this guy, did he listen to himself? Really? He says, I'm no hypocrite. But I don't think that's really what he's saying. You can take this two ways. One is, this guy's serious. Or maybe he's really chiding himself with sarcasm. Oh, I am righteous. I walk in my own integrity. I think that makes more sense. Or I'd like to think he wasn't serious about that. But I think even if he was serious about it, it's safer for all of us as Christians to read it that way, the way of sarcasm and looking at ourselves honestly. I mean, what, can, what else can we do as hypocrites? We're all hypocrites. Can any human being, anybody here, let's just narrow it down. Anybody here feel like they could write Psalm 26 about themselves with any integrity? I can't. And look at me. I get to wear the dog collar. <laughs> and if that writer is serious, he's in serious trouble. Now, I understand why people think churches are full of hypocrites. Because you can see it sometimes. But any other time, I would challenge you to accept that it's the truth about everybody. 
including ourselves. Our natural reaction to anything that's different from us is fear and suspicion and sometimes anger. Well, actually, that's not a natural reaction. If Jesus is our example of how a human is supposed to think, then our fear and suspicion is an unnatural act. That's not the way we're supposed to be. Would Jesus bat an eye at how anybody's dressed? Would he care? Do we care? You better be shaking your head. And I know it's hard when you go to Walmart not to be judgmental, but you've got to keep that in your mind. I know, that was horrible. When I was at St. Paul, we had a softball team and, you know, church leagues. I've never seen so many bad losers in my entire life. Whoa. We were sponsored St. Paul Presbyterian Church, and on the back it said, uh, sponsored by Santa Fe Junction Bar. <laughs> Truly. And we, we were a cheap team, and we did everything kind of cheap in that church anyway. But uh, we just, we didn't have uniform uniforms. We had t-shirts, and we wore blue jeans and tennis shoes, and that was about it. So we're at practice one time, and there's a, a church team on the next field. I won't tell you which church they played for, but their initials are First Baptist. <laughs> and they're practicing on the, next, on the next field. And so one of our people went over and talked to their team captain and said, hey, you know, if, let's play you know, three or four innings. We need to get our people used to not knowing where the ball's going and stuff like that. And it kind of warm us up, get us ready for a real game. And the guy said, well, we don't play with bar teams. And without missing a beat, I was so proud of him. He said, well, Jesus would play with us. Are churches full of hypocrites? Yes. Is this church full of hypocrites? Yes. Sorry. I'd like to tell you that you're better than everybody out there. And if I did that, this church would be full next Sunday for more people wanting to hear how better they are. But the difference between us is that we are here because we acknowledge our own hypocrisy, our own weaknesses. We acknowledge that we need God's grace. It's essential to our survival, and we can't live without it. Churches are full of hypocrites who know they need God to make them right again, but they believe they can make themselves right again, and they can't. So I want to read you a little something about Welcome to First Presbyterian Church. We extend a special welcome to those who are single, married, divorced, gay, straight, filthy rich, dirt poor, or no hablan inglés. We extend a special welcome to those who are crying newborns, to those who are tending to crying newborns, and 
If you are skinny as a rail or could afford to use a few pounds, lose a few pounds, you're all welcome. We welcome if you can sing like Andrea Bocelli. <laughs> or if, like some of our members, you couldn't carry a tune in a basket. It's all right. You can like uh, Christian rock, hard rock, jazz, classical, pop, country, western, or top 40 from the 1500s. You are welcome. We extend a special welcome to those who are over 60 but not grown up yet. I put that in there so I could be welcome. And to teenagers who are growing up too fast, we welcome soccer moms, NASCAR dads, starving artists, tree huggers, latte sippers, vegetarians, junk food eaters, and committed carnivores. We welcome those who are in recovery or still addicted. We welcome you if you're having problems or if you're down in the dumps, or even if you don't like organized religion because we've all been there. If you blew all your offering money at the racetrack or casino, you're welcome here. We offer a special welcome to those who think the earth is flat, or who work too hard, or who don't work, or who can't spell, or if you only came here because grandma's in town and she wanted to go to church, we love you and we're glad to have you. You can think inside the box or out. Doesn't matter to us. We welcome those who are inked, pierced, or both. We love you if you're wearing a suit or dress or if you don't happen to even own either one of those. We welcome you if you're a power broker, an outcast, live at the country club or under a bridge. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now or had religion shoved down their throats as a child or just got lost in traffic and ended up here. We're glad to have you. You are welcomed here if you are a renowned Bible scholar, a professor of theology, or if you're not sure what you believe. We love you. We welcome tourists, seekers, doubters, believers, bleeding heart liberals, staunch conservatives, and you. You remember the old adage, you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas? We come here on purpose to lay down with dogs and get up clean. Amen. And for those of you who are visitors, we love the sound of children crying in church. There is no better sound than that. Come, let's stand and say who we are and to whom we belong. By humble submission to John's baptism,